Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you have any cheese at all? No. <laughs> the senseless waste of human life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cheese Room Podcast. I'm your host today, Brendan from Brazil Spurs. Uh, we have another one of our special America's pods, although none of us are actually American. We have with us, joining us from Boston Spurs, the Cheese Room's own Dave Bolton. Dave, how are you doing, mate? How are you, how are you coping with the lockdown? Are we in lockdown? Since night, I thought I was just uh, sitting at home enjoying, uh, enjoying tea and beer and uh, all kinds of other stuff. Is there something going on? Have I missed it? Is Poch still in charge? Wishful thinking there, Dave. We know Well, we know that you're Mourinho's number one fan, uh, so we'll get on to, to them soon. This this show, though, we will be actually learning more about one of our supporters' clubs in San Francisco. We are delighted to be joined by Stefan Shirazi from San Francisco Spurs. Steph, welcome to the Cheese Room. Thank you for joining us. How are you getting on? Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, you know, probably about the same as everyone else, trying to contemplate where the end of anything is and... Uh, making my way along the middle of it. How is San Francisco dealing with the outbreak? Obviously, you're in lockdown. Is the city badly affected? How, how are things going? So uh, a couple of things. I live 30 minutes outside on the coast side, we call it out here. So um, I'm a little bit out of the city. But uh, I have to say, when we've made uh, treks in here and there to see how things are, it feels as though everyone is, you know, behaving as well as you could possibly expect a major urban city to behave in terms of adhering to the suggestions from healthcare professionals. Well, it's good to hear. Dave, how about in Boston? I mean, have there been many cases? It's one of the most populous cities in the US. Guessing the lockdown's pretty rigid there? Yeah, we're, we're, we're similar to, to San Francisco. We, uh, Our governor and our, our mayor got on it really quite quickly. And uh, the schools shut down middle of March. I mean, I've been working from home since March the 11th. I had a walk around Boston the other week. It's very, very weird. There's nobody on the streets and uh, it's we've done all right, but it's I'm, I'm with Steph on this. I think people are starting to get a little bit, a uh, little bit antsy. Mm. So we, we haven't we haven't had the morons standing on the steps of uh, state houses with with guns and demanding haircuts and, and massages and whatever else they want. But 
there's there's a there's an undercurrent of uh, antsiness starting to come through. Steph, just to learn a bit more about yourself, tell us how long you supported Spurs and and why did you start supporting Spurs? Yeah, so 1975 was my first uh, appearance at White Hart Lane. Uh, my dad uh, supported another club. My uncle Charlie was and still is uh, a, a massive Spurs supporter. So we went to a night game with him against Leeds United. And I remember vividly the, sh- the, the, the reverberation of, the, of, at that point, the all wooden, almost all wooden White Hart Lane and the volume. And of course, as any, anyone will tell you, and I'm sure many of your listeners will relate to this, that first sight of the green pitch as it sort of looms when you walk up the staircase mm. in a football ground, when especially from a night game when the cold air is hitting and the volume and everything. It's an overwhelming feeling. And the way the, the lights hit the shirt, that the white shirts just seem to, to fly off them like this godlike vest. You know, my team, I took them on. It wasn't handed down to me. Mm. So, um, and, you know, I started going by myself in 1980. My parents let me go by myself. I was felt like I was 14, 15. I was quite young. And, you know, uh, we'd go up and down the country. And, and you know, there we go. That so, was not to love. And when did when did you emigrate to San Francisco? How did you get involved with the supporters club there? I moved here in 1986. The supporters club obviously didn't come into to being for a good couple of decades. Sure. The San Francisco Spurs supporters club came together uh, actually via Steve Pritchard. He said, you know, I think it's time to form a supporters club. I want to form one. You know, do you want to help? And I was like, absolutely. So Steve got the idea off the ground and I, I was sort of the wingman. So between the pair of us, it was about 2008, as I remember, somewhere in there. I had some contacts at the club, which was good, and very, very, uh, very good people. Um, and we ended up on the, the club's uh, first uh, US tour. Uh, we ended up hosting Aussie Ardiles for, for a Q&A at Danny Coyles. And that really sort of established that we were more than just a few blokes getting together, Nice, you know, and, uh, and 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 having a, a a grumble and a pint or whatever, it was really established as we got uh, hundred, several hundred people showing up for that, and it was a really good event. And Aussie was magnificent. And since then, it's really grown. And and currently, we have the vast majority of our uh, attendees and members are are young Americans. That's wow. quite David Bowie, and uh, it's great. We've got we've got some wonderful ladies uh, part of the. Uh, part of the club now as well Naomi is um part of the uh, the board if you will um part of helping to run things uh it's 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 really great to see this new generation that's come through and taken the club onto the and into their hearts as well so did so, it yeah. start off as sort of expats and then grew beyond the expat community to to a more american community was it is that how it happened or there were always uh some um you know some americans with us but, you know, like everything, I mean, it was started by two expats, right? So, you know, that will tell you. But I'd have to say the proportion of expats to Americans has never been, you know, never been top heavy at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always been uh, more Americans. I think what really, really exciting was when you realised that, you know, there were 21, 22-year-olds, you know, coming in like young youngsters, if mm-hmm. you will. You know, who it was for them, they, you know, you mentioned 
you know, Steve Perryman to them, they'd sort of maybe know who he was. If they mentioned Phil Beal, they'd look at you and wonder if it was a new cocktail or something. You know what I mean? It's like they didn't know, they, they didn't have any histor- historical relevance or uh, to the club. So they were taking it on at face value and they were enjoying the culture. So that was very exciting and has been very exciting to see just going into you now Dave I mean you've been part of the cheese room since the beginning or since its inception so our listeners should be familiar with you but just uh, if you don't mind tell us a bit about Boston Spurs about your involvement uh, when it was formed how many people you get to the going to the games yeah I mean I just started to sort of shout out to the San Francisco Spurs because I was part of that for a year and it was a, an awesome group when I was living in San Francisco so it made me very very welcome and it and it was as Steph said not top heavy with expats and we've got a similar sort of thing going on with Boston Spurs. Mm-hmm. You know, Boston Spurs have been around since 2006. And we've got somewhere like 1,500 Facebook people. But we have about 250 paying paying members. And we get we get around 100 people for the big games. A little bit quieter for the uh, for games like Bournemouth and things like that. Sorry, I, I just have to interrupt because I've remembered that there are a couple of people I must name check, Brendan. If I don't, it will be a disgrace. I have to point out that both. No, it's very important. Liam and JJ are titanic in terms of helping do the day-to-day stuff with our club, which is very important. Mm-hmm. And we also have in Harvey Willow uh, a, a, a living witness to the double team, who yeah. I think is, which I think is absolutely brilliant. So when you walk into SF Spurs, you have the youth of people like Connor Moakley. You're on one side and you've got the wisdom of Harvey and, and his carry-on-esque vibe at the other side what's that just remind us the name of the the, the pub that that you meet in Steph. yeah we meet in danny coils which is on hate street at the lower end of hate street and okay. uh and who's proprietor brian is, is a wonderful host and i have to say also a massive shout out to kieran who always uh, opens up for the 430 games if we if we have the numbers to do it he's there and never complains a bit wow what so, yeah 4 four thirty a.m games and the barman the, your bar people deserve massive credit for that awesome stuff. So, i miss them steph i really miss those 4 30 in the morning games mate <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when i when i moved when i moved back over here and i and i, and I had the, the luxury of a 7 30 in the morning game i was like this is yeah, I mean, huge shout out to Danny Coyles for the 4.30 in the mornings. Yeah, we had um, Bill Daniel from Vancouver Spurs on last week. And he's similar because he's West Coast as well. So, yeah, so he's got the 4.30 start. And, and again, the pub there, very accommodating. Uh, they may not be serving breakfast, but they'll certainly open and, and they'll they'll show the games. So uh, it's great to see that the pub's doing that for our supporters, clubs around the world. Dave, what's yes. your clearies? which is a uh, home of the Georgia Bulldogs uh, college football team supporters. But we never we never run into them. And it's a bigger bar and it's better. It's better than Kinsale. The Globe was great, but it's, um, yeah, no, we, 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 had to, we had to up sticks, literally. And, and we'd already told, we'd had a lot of pushback about moving from the Kinsale where we'd been for nine years. And so we, we sold the Globe. Everyone loved the Globe. And then without any any four of our own the globe the, the globe had to shut right. so it's yeah the the, the Spur, boston spurs borders come under some 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 fire this se- this season well in, in general in boston how popular is football i guess they call it soccer there is an ML, is there an mls team in boston well there's the new england revolution down uh-huh. at, who played down at foxborough uh, i wouldn't call them a football team at all they're owned by Kraft, who owns the patriots 
Mm. So, and they play they they play in a eighty thousand seat football uh, American football stadium. They get an average of thirteen thousand supporters. Oh, still not too bad for them. Uh, how about in San Francisco, Steph? Oh, you've got the earthquakes, and I've had my flirtations with them. From the moment they came into the the league in nineteen ninety six in the new MLS, I gave it a good crack. That was when Eric Winalda was there, and I really tried to get enthusiastic about it. They're, it it's not it's not culturally ingrained. They're sort of reading a script still, and you know you appreciate the enthusiasm. And I really would not want to knock that because the only way the game's going to happen in America is if, you know, the enthusiasm is allowed to actually bed the yeah. culture, right? NBC uh, Sports, whatever. NBCSN came to us and said, we want to be in your bar for, and I, you know, I've really forgotten what game it was at this point. It turned out to be quite an exciting game. I've forgotten the game. Um, it's quite recent. And, you know, they said, we'd like to bring our people in. You know, we're going to, you know, are you up for this? I put it to our members uh, most of our members were very very um, not into the idea based on the fan parks that they've seen televised where they've got that hideous moron with a red mohawk uh, who's a liverpool sport jumping around and woohooing and wahing and everything every five minutes you mm. know like some usa chant uh but they did you know the, the chap showed up with a stack of cards and one of them said i forgot what it said true fan or something that you that they wanted you to hold up and I was just like, you know, mate, I'm really sorry. We're just not going to do that, mm. you know. And, and 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 we're really we're not going to sing on command. We're just we're not going to play to the camera. Uh, and and you'll catch what you catch and see what you see. And and it was I think it was a, a fairly interesting experience for everyone because you know they realised that you can you can follow your team and not you know it's not about being a performing monkey if you will. But mm. I understand from their perspective. They're trying to sell the game to Americans, and it is about pizzazz. Mm. So there is this uncomfortable place, I think, in MLS and fan culture here, where they're trying to find the blend of being authentic but not cheesy. Yeah, they've got to, It's got to keep. We've had the we've had the fan fest here in Boston. We've also had NBC in our in our bar uh, for the North London derby, and they had a they had a crew down at uh, the Guna Pub, and uh, and they they recorded both. We we're also, and I don't know whether you guys are part of the Amazon uh, documentary. So we've had to, no. we got asked to submit footage for that. But with the fan no. fest was awful, and we told our members that it was up to them if they wanted to go and watch the game. It was the Liverpool game last season. If they wanted to watch it in the at the cask and flagon by Fenway Park, they were more than welcome to. But we would be at the Kinsale as usual. And I think we had ninety percent of our members came and watched the game with us they didn't want to be part they didn't want they didn't want to be part of the uh performing monkey with the with the mohawked wrestler or whatever the hell he is yes so, that moron we were talking about it, but isn't it don't moron. you find it very <clears throat> don't you find it very hard to i mean i find it hard to, to strike the balance between trying to be respectful of what you know nbc is trying to do with the game in america which i think and let's be honest their tv coverage by and large is is bordering on spectacular i mean they do a very good job and 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 they are they obviously are trying very hard to to do the right thing. I mean they are, and for the most part, they do seem to get it right far more than wrong. But these fan fests, it, it's such a curiously American phenomenon. And I mean, it actually tangents me out to the the fan parks that you get now get at, at in Champions League games, which I don't really understand those to be honest. I mean, you know, that they, they could they confuse me. You know, I'd rather just get to the ground. And, and be singing and getting into it. Well, it's not I don't necessarily. Why, 
It's not necessarily an American phenomenon. I, I went to the World Cup here in Brazil in 2014 and FIFA had the, the fan fest around the stadium and um, it's just something different. Like I took my son and he had uh, he was able to get his face painted, his sort of pose. It's very commercial, lots of right. advertising everywhere and the sponsors. They actually had to change the name of the stadium in Salvador where I live because the World Cup was sponsored by Budweiser and the stadium yeah. is sponsored by uh, a Brazilian beer, Itaipava. Um, so, yeah. But I guess it's just part of the game now. It's part of the commercial side of it. It makes the, makes the teams money. You were both at the the Rose Bowl. Was it the the Spurs friendly against Barcelona? Right. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And and, and I mean, first of all, the, you know, the last time I've been to the Rose Bowl for a football match was the World Cup final, nineteen ninety four. So, and I didn't like it as a venue then. I have to be honest. For a football for, for football, it's a weird venue because obviously there's no roof. And so, you know, the sound sort of drifts out. It's fairly big cavernous. It's California. You don't need a roof, mate. It's not Boston. We need roofs. Yeah, but you need, you need a roof. To, you do need a roof, Dave. To really, in, in most uh, football, you need a roof for, so singing can reverberate. But that being said, uh, it wasn't... <laughs> they're not going to sort out the Rose Bowl just for you. Uh, but the second half of that game was, uh, was pretty intense. And everyone got really loud. And it really did feel for a moment like it could have been, you know, a, 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 a major game at, you know, the old main road or whatever else. But it really did feel, it felt very real. It was very exciting. It was the best, the best American experience I've had watching Spurs, I think. It eclipsed the game in Seattle, which was the, which was probably the other one a few years earlier. Well, uh, Poch's, first, uh, Poch's first game in charge up, at, um, up in Seattle. It eclipsed that. Uh, and that had been also a pretty good experience, I felt. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'll agree with you. But uh, Pasadena was probably the best Spurs experience I've, I've done. And I've done Baltimore, I've done Orlando and New Jersey. And of course, we did San Diego together as well. Yes, the US is a much more of a, a lucrative market now for Spurs. Uh, we do seem to be going there far more frequently than than in the past, which is which is obviously good for you guys. In terms of your, your, your keeping in touch with the club, you mentioned that you, you go to at least sort of four or five games per year. Is that right? So I'm guessing you've been to the new stadium then, Steph? Yeah, I've been I've been a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually turned out to be uh, at least six a season. I'm quite quite fortunate to be able to do it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've been a bunch of times. Yeah. What's, what's your thoughts on the stadium? Uh, I was fortunate enough to get a tour of it as it was being built. Uh, that was in the January before it opened. Um, and it was, it was breathtaking. Um, when I first went to a game, it was breathtaking. Subsequent games I've been to, I've really enjoyed it. I enjoy the facilities. I think for a modern stadium, it is absolutely as close as you can possibly get to, you know, uh, creating the vibe of an old school ground. I have found myself missing the old White Hart Lane. Mm. I will, I have to admit. I think we all I have found myself, yeah, I've really found myself missing it. Um, a little more as the excitement of our shiny new toy has maybe become, you know, sort of we've come to expect it or come to take it for granted. Having said that, again, every time I go in, you know, at the beginning of a, of a match day and I walk into the stands, I'm so appreciative of how steep those stands are to the pitch and, and the little details that were put in to try and preserve some character versus just becoming the, the high-tech stadium 
that it undoubtedly is. So, mm. you know, there's there's a you know, and it's still exciting to see it when when you walk down the street. I have to admit, but I but there's things I miss about the old stadium that you just can't have. But sort of like when you you know, nostalgia has a way of presenting the past as being much better than maybe it was. Right. Sure, yeah. So. So, Dave, how about yeah. you? Do you prefer the old stadium or the new one? Uh, well, my I've only been I've only been to the new stadium once, and that was for the Palace game, first game. Nice. So um, I, I miss I miss White Hart Lane tremendously. I'm gutted that I wasn't there for the last game of the season or the last game there. So yeah, I mean, my experience was great, but I I had a couple of beers, and uh, I think the emotion of it overtook me. I didn't really appreciate at the time that I was there. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of it, it was it was yeah. it, it was too emotional for me. I, I was looking up to where I thought my dad would have would have sat and things like that. Wow. So I found the whole thing a bit overwhelming. I haven't been, I've I've still got a season ticket, but I won't go. Obviously, I won't be going this season. Yeah. So hopefully, I'll I'm, I'm planning to be back in uh, the UK at Christmas. So hopefully, I'll get to go then. But I'm I miss the white I miss White Hart Lane. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that last game. I, uh, I I went to that last game at the lane, and I actually doubled back into the Paxton bogs, so as uh, most people could leave, and I so as I could go back into the stands and just and just stand and look at it. In fairness, I was the last person left in the Paxton at that point. It was really overwhelming, and I ended up tearing a little bit of the hoarding off from <laughs> you know between the upper and lower. So I've got a T from that hoarding that they used to have. I tried to tear the cockle off, that was bolted down. I, I look at it and I touch it and it's a piece of corrugated plastic, right? Laminated corrugated plastic. But it, it just touching it is almost like a teleport back to what that state that ground was and all the you know the hundreds of, of wonderful times that I've had in it. And if I just if I think about that day, it was really just so intense. So intense. So I, I'm with Dave in the sense, you know, I just I do miss it. You know, but I still appreciate the new ground an awful lot. Yeah, well, we are. We'll go on to to recent events now. I guess with this question of news today, was that there is the prospect that the season won't finish, that that they will reluctantly call the season null and void, which I think most Spurs fans are actually quite find quite appealing. In terms of Champions League qualification, it's unclear how it will be decided. Whether it be from the season, the previous season, which would mean Spurs will qualify, or if it's through the UEFA coefficient, where at the moment Tottenham are fifth in the UEFA coefficient for England, but uh, City are top, and City, as we know, have been kicked out for two uh, for two years. Steph, what's your thoughts on it? Well, obviously, we'd, we'd want the season to, to to be null and void. What, do you think we should restart the season? What's your What's your thoughts? Am I happy that we could end up back in the Champions League? Of course, as a, as a supporter of, of our fine club, I'm happy that we get another crack. Do I think it's fair? Absolutely not. I don't think we deserve to be in the tournament next season. Dave, what's your thoughts? Do we deserve to be in the Champions League? No, no, we don't. We didn't play well enough. And there are other teams that uh, that have been better than us. So do I want to sneak in? Do I want to sneak in because we, we're, we're relying on City to, to, to get banned from Europe? If we if we sneak into the Europa League next year, I'm all right with that yeah. because I believe I believe that European football is important for the club. Well, let's start to to wrap up here, Steph. I mean, is there anything you want to add? What do I really hope for at the end of this? In some ridiculous parallel universe, that if we are going to see Joe Lewis sell our football club, that he does it fast, and that with that money, we spend it getting back the man who I believe should have been allowed to complete. uh, continue with the job he was doing that would be a result but Mm. that's utopia 
don't think it's going to happen. So, um, yeah, you know, let's just get the club back and understand that the club will always survive and, and be with us far longer than any individual. Right. That's where I'm at. How are you, Dave? Any any last thoughts? Any any shout outs you want to make, Dave? I mean, my shout outs are just to my Boston Spurs boys. You know, I miss you. We had a we had a virtual watch party the other week when we watched uh, Spurs Arsenal from from 2015, and that was great. But it's not the same thing. It's you know, support supporting through a laptop on Zoom is not the same as sitting in a sitting in a pub and and, and shouting at the TV. <laughs> well, Steph, before we go, can you let us know how our listeners can get to learn more about uh, San Francisco Spurs, how they can get involved in the supporters club. Maybe they're in the city for a holiday and want to meet up with Spurs fans if there's a game on when games start again. So just let us know how they can get in touch with the club through social media, etc. Yeah, we have uh, we have a Facebook page, SF Spurs. That's always the best way to find us. Send us a message there and we will let you know. Alternately, you can look up Danny Coyles uh, on your social media of choice. They will list the games um, and you will find us there. Uh, Liam, JJ, myself, Naomi, we're always around and very friendly to answer questions and and you know bring you into the fold as well or just uh, hopefully uh, show our hospitality. So those would be the two chief ways. And I know that obviously the official Spurs supporters club has contact information for us as well. So you can always go through their portal and find us that way. And Dave, how about Boston Spurs? How do, uh, how do our listeners get more involved? We've got a Facebook page. You can find us. We're at, or is it, well, we will be back at Cleary's eventually, but uh, Facebook's probably the best way. It's a closed group. So you have to uh, ask one of the admins to let you uh, let you in if you want to join but we're always re- willing to answer questions and uh, we welcome anybody to come and watch uh, the game with us gentlemen this has been great fun thank you so much for joining me cheeseheads do listen out for our, our upcoming pods we have some great content coming out in the next in the coming weeks whilst we're all on lockdown we have ex-players if you haven't listened to it already please listen to the supporters trust uh, episode that came out uh, earlier this week or at the end of last week uh, with Kat and Rachel from the Supporters Trust. Excellent. Just they make us proud to be Spurs fans, the way they're representing all the supporters and being our voice to the club. Do remember to, to like and subscribe to your podcast provider. Uh, leave a comment, tell your friends about us and stay safe. And uh, as ever, come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.